Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Verity Vitamins. Um, we have been talking about this whole month. The word that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart for the year of 2024, which is what I believe the year of the open door. That's what I feel like the Lord impressed upon my heart for this year. And we've been talking about what the Bible has to say about open doors and what that means. And we've talked about it in the full-length podcast on Sundays, and we've been talking about it in the Verity Vitamins, about opening doors to God in our life, giving Him more access into our life, but also how to walk through the open doors that He has opened to us. And it's important to realize that a door that God opens, no man can shut. And a door that God shuts, no man can open. But, you know, there's a lot of people who, even though a door has been shut, (laughs) they are banging on the door, trying to pick the lock, trying to get in a door that God has not opened to them. And we're actually going to look at an example of that in Scripture. And then on the other hand, there are people who are standing before an open door from the Lord, and yet fear and shame, and intimidation, and insecurity, and accusation, all these things keep them from walking through that open door. And it's not that the enemy can keep anybody from obeying God, it's simply that people allow those things to cause them to draw back from the open door that God has opened to them. And so that's why we're taking time in these podcasts to look at how to identify when God has opened a door to us, how to overcome the things that try to keep us from walking through the open door, and specifically what we're talking about in the Verity Vitamins is door jams. Door jams, things that try to jam the door against God having access in our life, and also things that try to keep us from going through the door that God has opened to us. And uh, we've talked about unbelief being a door jam. The Bible says that the Israelites did not enter in because of unbelief. And we also talked about how our words can be a door jam. And one place the Lord said, I think it was actually in Malachi, the Lord said, your words have been stout against me. In other words, your words, your words, (laughs) your words, have been like a dresser in front of the door. And I'm, I can't get in. <laughs> I don't have access in. And so that's what we're talking about. Let me read this to you. In Matthew 25, verse 1 through 13, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, And five of them were foolish. Now, I think it's important to note that because of what we're going to talk about. In Ephesians 5, it tells us not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And it goes on to say that one of the ways we do that is by being filled with the Spirit. And that is directly connected to what we're going to talk about in this podcast, in this Verity Vitamins. Because if you're not filled with the Spirit, it makes it difficult to really know what God's will is. God wants us to know His will. He does not want us to be ignorant of His will, but it's hard to know His will when you're always operating in the flesh and you're always listening to the flesh. 
or your soul and your emotions are talking too loud. If you want to know the will of God more fully, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. And what we're actually talking about in today's Verity Vitamins is oil and access. And the connection that oil has to access. And these things will tie together, you'll see how. But it says, they that were foolish took their lamps, and watch this, took no oil with them. They took no oil with them. They took their lamps, but they didn't take any oil with them. And it says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they brought oil. They brought an extra gas can. You understand that they had extra on the side. They had plenty of oil. But the, the, the foolish ones are compared to somebody who they, they didn't bring anything extra with them. They didn't take any oil with them. I guess the best way I can describe what happened here, it's like somebody who brought a portable charger with them. <laughs> Say you're going on a trip, you're going on an airplane, and you know you may not be around an outlet for a while, but you want to make sure your phone doesn't die. So you bring a portable charger with you. What did you do? You brought something with you that's going to keep your phone sustained. But, you know, somebody who just takes their phone off the charger at 46% and doesn't pay attention, well, by the time you're in the second hour of your three-hour layover <laughs> at the airport, you look down and your phone's on 10%, and you're like, uh-oh. When you don't take anything extra with you, you're in danger of running out. You understand? And that's the picture that's being painted here. It says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom comes, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps have gone out. You know, a lot of people are pulling on other people for things because they feel depleted, they feel drained, they feel like they don't have what they need, but you can't live off of somebody else's oil. <laughs> Let me say it to you this way. Nobody else can be filled with the Spirit for you. Oh, come on. I hadn't necessarily seen it quite that way until now. But nobody else can be filled with the Spirit for you. You've got to be filled with the Spirit for yourself. And just being around people who may be full of oil, so to speak, you know, that's a good thing. It's good to be around that influence, and that definitely can help minister to you by being around those kind of people. But ultimately, at some point, you're going to have to get filled for yourself. You know, just being around people who are Spirit-filled that that's a blessing but at some point you're going to have to get filled for yourself if you want to be full if you want to have light if you want to know the will of god and so they tried to get them to give them their oil it says but the wise answered and said no we won't do that lest there be not enough for us and you you know wisdom knows when you should not give. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, if, if something, there's a pull on you to do something. Wisdom knows when not to give. Now, now there's, a, there's kind of an idea out there 
that God would never tell you not to give. God would never tell you not to give, and, and the devil would never tell you to give. That's not true. No, the, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. That means there are other kinds of giving. And you know, God himself does not receive all offerings. So that means not all giving is prompted by him. Now you want to be led by the Spirit. You want to be led by compassion, not by compulsion when you give. And wisdom knows when to say, hey, there's not going to be enough to go around if I, if I try to meet the demand that you're pulling on me for. What do they need? They need to get their own oil. <laughs> but, but look at this as well. This is another side of it, though, I want to mention to you. They said, go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because I think a lot of people could interpret this a lot of different ways. But I don't think that these foolish virgins should have taken that advice. That's my opinion. I'm going to explain to you why I believe that. Because it says, while they went to buy for themselves, the bridegroom came. Now, they missed the bridegroom because they were away buying oil. Well, isn't that what the wise told them to do? Yeah. But I don't know about you. I'd rather just be hanging out with everybody else and follow everybody else than be off somewhere trying to do something on my own. And it says, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Notice that the door was shut. You know, I've talked about this before, but there's a time coming when the doors that God has opened will shut. And right now, there's an open door. And especially for people who have not received the gift of salvation, there's an open door right now. And the body of Christ is walking through that open door. They're following the bridegroom. And there's a lot of people who are out in the world trying to find light. They're trying to buy oil for themselves. They're trying to go and find light on their own, apart from the wedding party, apart from the bridegroom. And while they're out trying to find light and all these other things, there's an open door over here, but you're not going to find oil somewhere else. You're not going to find light somewhere else. And notice it says afterward, they also came and said, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I do not know you. He said, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. When the Son of Man comes. Now, there's a lot of way that I think people may interpret this parable. And I think some may interpret it to say, well, even Christians who don't stay ready won't get into the kingdom. And Christians who don't, um, you know, cross every T and dot every I, you know, if they're backslidden or if they're dealing with things, you know, when the time comes, you know, they won't get into the kingdom. I, 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 there's a lot of ways that people would interpret this. But what I'll say to you is this He said to those people, I don't know you. I don't know you. And in another place, Jesus talked about people who even did a lot of religious things and even, even performed miracles in his name, and yet he said, Depart from me, 
I never knew you. Now, I have heard people take that verse and use it to say that believers um, who do certain things, um, in the end, he's going to say to them, I never knew you. Well, I'm not going to get into this right now. There's a principle about believers walking away from the faith and departing from the faith that we could talk about. But I will say this to you. When you're reading that passage, you have to pay attention to what Jesus said. He said, I never knew you. And listen, Jesus does not have a bad memory. And Jesus doesn't say things that aren't true. If Jesus said he never knew somebody, he never knew them. You understand? And knowing him is not just about head knowledge. It has to do with spiritual intimacy and the spiritual intimacy that happens with the Holy Spirit when you're born again. And so if he never knew you, he never knew you. You understand? I won't get into all that right now. I just wanted to touch on it. But lamps have to do with light. And these people didn't go into the wedding because they didn't follow the groom in. The wise virgins had light, but they followed on. Watch this. They followed on to know. They followed on to know and to see. They didn't just stay stationary. They followed the bridegroom. And the others were busy trying to get oil. (laughs) They were trying to find light instead of following the groom. And like I said, there are many people seeking light in other places instead of following the groom. You know, I mean, why didn't they just follow the wedding party? You know, at least they would have had enough light (laughs) to follow just by looking at the lamps of the people in front of them. There had to be at least enough light to do that. They weren't just foolish because they didn't bring enough oil. They were foolish because they didn't follow the wedding party. Are you listening? They were foolish because they didn't follow the wedding party. And, and, and here's the thing I want to emphasize in this particular podcast. You know, there's an application to this when it comes to unbelievers. But there's also an application that comes to, that, that it applies to us as believers. And that is this, no oil means no access. No oil means no access. And you can't live off of somebody else's oil. You have to have your own oil. And we've talked about, we talked about this in the last full podcast, how the open door has to do with the anointing, the oil, the anointing oil. You understand? And the door wouldn't open to these people because they had no oil. And many people are trying to knock on doors, trying to get doors to open. Even believers are trying to pick locks, (laughs) are trying to access things, and they're not opening. Why? There's no oil. There's no access. There's no anointing on it. Trying to make things happen rather than walking through doors that God has already opened to you. Finding where the open door is. But how do we identify that? You know, uh, the enemy can open wrong doors to us. But when it comes to the doors that God opens to us, they're identified by the anointing. That's how we find the open doors. Where's the anointing? Where's the oil? Where's the oil at? You know, um, trying to open doors, trying to win favor doesn't work. I mean, you may, you may finally get a door to open that way, but that doesn't mean it was God. 
And with God, the door that he opens is always accompanied by the anointing. Remember what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is Christ? We talked about that in the podcast on Sunday. It's the anointed one and his key, which is the anointing. And if there's no anointing, there's no key. There's no access to that open door. You know, I'm reminded of National Treasure and how uh, Ben Gates, no pun intended because we've been talking about Gates anyway, uh, Ben Gates had that uh, pipe from the Charlotte that fit that hole perfectly. What was it? It was the key that opened the door to the treasure. Let me say it to you this way. Ben Gates uncovered the mystery. You know, he, he uncovered all these clues because he had the key. He found the treasure because he had the key. Are you listening? Look at this in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So in other words, to access the treasure, it has to be of God. It has to be anointed by God. He must be opening the door. You need to have the key of the anointing. Look at this in Second uh, Kings 4, 1-7. through 7. Uh, I'm almost done. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your handmaid has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Now listen, she may not have had anything else, but she had a pot of oil. She had oil, and without reading the whole thing, we see that she was given instructions with the oil, and she borrowed vessels, and she kept pouring the oil in vessels, and as she did, the oil never ran out until she ran out of vessels. Well, there's a whole thing I could get into with that. I don't have time to. You know, when you when you pour into other people, the Bible says, he who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. But notice that this oil that she had was an open door for her. <laughs> the oil was an open door for her out of her situation. The oil opened the door. And I know it wasn't just the, the olive oil or whatever she had in her hands. It was the obedience that opened the door. I understand that. But I believe there's a representation here about the oil. And how do I know that the door is opened unto me? That's where the oil is. Are you listening? That's where the anointing is. L let me say it to you this way. If I'm burning up all my oil and finding myself in the dark, that is an indication that at some point I stopped completely following the groom. Are you listening? If I'm burning up all my oil and finding myself in the dark, somewhere I stopped fully following the groom. It doesn't mean I'm not saved. It doesn't mean I don't love the Lord. But I need to identify where my oil is full and where it gets refilled. I need to find out where my oil is full 
and where it gets refilled. The ones who followed the groom and went through the open door were those who had oil to spare. In other words, they weren't running on empty. They're not running on empty. They're not burning out and in the dark. I need to find where the oil is because the oil has to do with the access. And the oil also had to do with light. And that has to do with vision. The oil is what was fueling the, the lamp that helped them, that caused them to be able to follow the bridegroom. You know, if you can't see, how can you follow? The Bible says in the Old Testament that God was a pillar of fire by night to lead them. Why were they able to follow God? Because they had a pillar of fire. They had light. Well, that also represents vision. And, you know, if you have no oil in your lamp, if you're not filled with the Spirit, if you're not feeding on the anointing, if you're not in the place where the anointing is flowing to you, that's going to affect your vision. And they followed the groom through the open door because they had light to see and they had light to follow. They were following the wedding party. You know, something that you need to identify in your life is, who is my wedding party <laughs> for the end times? You know, who is my wedding party? And if you don't have one, you need to find one. Who is my wedding party? And that will be a place where there is both light and there is anointing. There is vision and there is anointing. It's where I get filled with the Spirit and where I get filled with the knowledge of His will and where I receive vision for my life and vision to follow the bridegroom.